Hi, my name is Jeff Pagano and welcome to the Harpen and Rugby podcast, the Leinster and Ireland fan site in audio form. Well, with Leinster not playing a whole lot of rugby over the holly years, we took a break from Harpen for the duration, and I also managed to catch a bit of the El Omicron for my trouble in the process. But thankfully, I'm well on the mend now. And at the time of recording, it looks like the match against Montpellier might actually be going ahead at the weekend, fingers crossed. So I thought I'd get back into the swing of things by asking a few fellow Leinster fans on to talk about those provinces which actually have been getting some pitch time of late. So without any further ado, here's how we got on. Now it's time for our back and forward chat. And for this first part of 2022, I've assembled a panel of great Leinster fans. So let's meet them, shall we? First up, making his 24th appearance is that man himself, Mr. Neil Kigo Keegan. Welcome back, sir. Happy New Year. Absolutely. I haven't spoken to you guys or anyone this year. So Happy New Year to everyone whose ears I am in currently. Hope everyone is safe and well. Next, we have someone earning his 14th cap. Hello to Mr. Connor Cronin. Kenny Mac, 14 creeps up fast. Thanks for having me indeed, again. Indeed, no problem at all. Great <laughs> happy hand, it does. And uh, finally, joining us from the Royal County for a sixth appearance is Mr. Tom Coleman. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Jeff, for having me again. I, yeah. I feel like it's good to get a sixth cap. I'm beginning to feel like a bit of a... A regular now. That's it. You know, you know your role in the team now, and uh, you're you're you're, you're well set it in there, right, lads? So that's this is our Leinster fan panel. I'm hoping to have a good few of those in uh, 2022, just to discuss what's going on in the province. But what I was thinking, maybe considering the horrible run that Leinster been on since that win over Bath, you know, I mean that crushing 20 nil, 28 nil defeat to Montpellier. <laughs> we haven't scored a try. We haven't scored a point. We haven't even won a scrum or a lineout, and it's actually now cost us top spot on the URC table. I just think. Maybe it's better just to ease ourselves into 2022. We'll talk about maybe the other provinces just for this week, just to get ourselves going. Okay, <laughs> so I think that's probably the best way to do it. We'll get on to we'll get on to Leinster maybe maybe next week. You know, um, so first of all, we're we're, we're going to look at all three provinces today. Um, just have a little chat and see how they're doing. Might help us uh, just get get ourselves back into the rugby rugby frame of mind uh, with hopefully hopefully more matches coming up now in the next few weeks. So to kick us off, we're going to go up to our good friends uh, down the N7. Uh, um, uh, the, the, the Munster lads from Thoman Park. And uh, I think Higo drew the short straw to uh, take this <laughs> off tonight. So uh, we're going to let him go. What do you think of the boys in reds, mister? Okay, well, I just want to point out um, that I'm wearing my red hoodie. I know no one can see, but I am. Uh, it, it's in commiseration with Munster. Um, <laughs> but I, I've, I'm starting to feel... I shouldn't, I, again, as a Leinster fan, I should phrase this better. I'm starting to feel sorry for Munster. Um, once again, over the weekend, they were saved by, well, two performances, basically. Uh, obviously, Tyburn and the fullback, Kayleigh. They they really stepped up when the team had, uh, this is an old joke here, but they had less ideas than me and Matt's paper too in the leave insert in 1999. Um, and, and, and it's... it's bit unfair that um you know johan is has said he's going and he's he said he's going to a great rugby city and it's bath bath are the worst team in the world the fans of munster should take that as a slap in the genitals they should really sort and it's not their fault it's this get out of jail free clause that the irfu have put in thinking they're the smartest people in the room uh, what they should add to that, Jeff, you and I were texting during the week, and it, it, it's very rare I have an idea that makes sense, and here's one of them, probably the only one for the year. When this clause is in the contract, the six-month get-out contract, they're using that as uh, the kind of the anvil over the head. If you don't perform, we can get rid of you. It's been used against them twice, Pat Lamb and now Johan, and Razzie as well, actually, three times. 
What they need to do is put a clause in there as well that says, right, the six-monther is there, no problem. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Every job is a probationary period. But you've got to go with a percentage of time in the job. You've got to get out. Because once you make it public that you're leaving, that causes what has been happening over the last two, three weeks. You look at the Connick performance and you look at the Ulster performance. Ulster are ahead, another headache that the guys are going to talk about. But another problem Munster have, they've signed a forwards coach. What if they bring in a coach that wants a new forwards coach? That's another stupid, short-sighted decision. But it also shows that maybe, maybe Johan decided late in the game when Bath came up with the checkbook. But back to the team. It's not easy on them. It's not, it's, it, it, it's, this is where the stand up and fight thing needs to be present. It was always there up until, I, I'm, I'm going to say that up until the last seven years, it was there. Even when it was going against them, everything was going against them. They'd figure out, out a way to at least be competitive. No coach is scared of that team. No team is scared of going to Thoman Park. I take no pleasure in saying that because Ireland needs a strong monster, but it really, it really is a rotten time for Munster. They, Johan should say, "I've got to go. I'm going back. I'm going back home." And Roundtree, it's your it's your chair for the rest of the season, and go from there. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, and the thing about it, I mean, I, I was I was wary doing this pod, having you know Leinster fans talking about it and stuff because it's on. Might not be the most popular. Um, mm popular set of sound bites, but the fact is, I mean, there's nothing really you've said that hasn't been said maybe a different way by, by, by other people. It's kind of, it's kind of the general thing that's going on. What do you, what do you think, Connor? Um, it's hard to disagree with Kigo. And I think that Van Grand should just go. He should just pack his bags and leave now. And I know there's that thing of, well, if we kick him out, we've got to pay him off for the next six months. But I think that's a hit worth taking if they can afford it is just get rid of him because he's not bringing anything new. He's not bringing anything that's changing stuff. And I, I don't know how the players can respect him at, at present. Um, I think in the last, Kegel's right, seven years is a, is a good sort of marker for where things started going off. And I think the best thing to happen, Munster, in the last seven years was not being allowed to play 28 players or whatever it was against Wasps three weeks ago because for the first time in seven years Munster were forced to look outside of can we throw another South African at that can we bring another South African fella in and he might fill the hole no they had to look at the homegrown game they had to look at the players who were coming up through the grassroots system and through their own academy and say right time to put a bit of faith in them and then the worst thing to happen Munster in the last seven years is that the following week he drops most of them yeah, which on. is an absolute waste. Those fellas showed they've got the drive, they've got the passion, they have that stand up and fight mentality, and that's what Munster needs. They don't need another South African. They don't need to bring in somebody from wherever, whether it's uh, Fekatoa or Fekitoa. trying to hold on to <laughs> trying to hold on to Dealende or whatever. There's there's no point. They need to grow from within. It's why. That's why Leinster have had as much success as they have. Yeah, we've had a few imports and they've just added a different dynamic, a different mindset. But the core of the team has always been homegrown. 
And uh, Tom, do you think do you think this is an issue to do with um, just basically who they have as the head coach? I mean, they're bringing in people like uh, Razi, like Van Grand, who come in from outside. They don't know that they, they weren't they didn't come up through Munster. They don't understand the Munster way of doing things. They wouldn't maybe understand the Munster system. I mean, obviously, what happened with uh, with Axel and everything? They had someone in place there that was that that knew the province inside out and uh, knew the game. And since then, it's been it's been so hard to replace him. Do you think that's a problem with with with, with the way they've uh, developed as coaches since? In, in a previous life, a previous life, I used to work for a, a Limerick-based company, and uh, in my intermittent visits down to Limerick once a month for for business meetings and management meetings, I got what Munster Rugby was about. Van Gran is there five years, uh, going on six. Uh, you know, he's one of these people. I'm sure that's stood up in the dressing room like any other of the. The players and stand stand up and fight. So I I don't buy any I don't buy the fact that he's South African. I get Connor's right in saying they should they should go local, but uh, but I'd also say in answer to your question, uh, he gets what Munster Rugby is about. If he doesn't, he's a bigger idiot than I think he is. Um, there's absolutely <laughs> there's you know there's he there's no there's no excuse for not knowing what the Munster the Munster way is at the moment. And unfortunately, his announcement and activating that uh, six month clause that we've discussed. The focus is now going to be solely based on him. Like any grumblings that's been about tactics or um, the way they're playing on the pitch, um, the, way they're, the way they're set up on the pitch, um, the whole focus over the next while is just going to be on Van Grant. Now, he might be happy to take that, to take the, the sting out of the team, and the team can focus on playing. You know, it might, it might a double negative might turn into a positive for Munster in the short term. But in the, in the, in the, in the medium term, as in, you know, the next short while I agree with Connor. Um, I, I, I see no option but for Van Graham to go. Uh, I thought as much as soon as he announced he was gone um, to Bath. I thought maybe give give Costello the gig till the end of the season. I don't see that as any sort of a a lose lose. Uh, you know, and you're and you're, you're you're if anyone has any dis, you know debate about whether somebody like Costello or you need a coach that gets the monster away, Ian Costello would know. He proved himself at Wasps. And uh, and he even proved himself in that game against Wasps uh, that Connor alluded to. Um, I just think Munster, you know, everyone focused on Van Grand during the week. His interview with Murray Kinsella, how snappy and you know annoyed he was at getting questioned. Um, he's your typical stoic South African. He doesn't show much emotion. You know, we're not you're not going to get the same affability off him as you do off Leo or Andy Friend or um, Dan McFarland. Uh, you know, and I wouldn't hold that against him. But, you know, on the other side of that, he seems to have gone to the Kieran Keane uh, School of Charisma as well. Uh, another guy that just <laughs> seemed like he didn't <laughs> in Galway <laughs> for anything, for any reason. Uh, so it's difficult for him, uh, Van Grant, to get his message across. But he's been at, he's, he's had umpteen chances to address the issue, I think. Uh, but the Munster management, the Munster board, whatever that entails, and there are a few who have handled this situation badly. Because... Um, not even as a Munster fan, which I'm not. Um, I'm sure Munster fans want some sort of answers, want some sort of clarity. You know, you can sense the frustration from, from them. Yeah, we can take some bloody glee in it, but they're struggling. They are our biggest rivals. If we didn't care about them, uh, that would hurt them more. So I think it's good that we're talking about them. Um, but I think on the pitch, they've only lost twice this season, but it's not been very convincing. And I think that that's more so... A lot of the frustration from Munster's uh, fans' point of view is is just the style of play. You know, the 45 passes they had against Connacht, 
in that loss, like it's shocking. I think half of them was from the scrum half. So you're talking 20-odd passes from the rest of the team for the whole game. I don't care if it's your typical monsoon weather in Galway. That's still pretty atrocious. Um, and when you see that, I think ultimately when we boil it down, that's where most of the frustration is laying. Not much, not so much Van Grand's character or how stoic he is or how, how impassionate he is um, or how the handling of him going to Bath. I just think it's on the pitch that counts. And I think that's where Munster's biggest issue is. And, and speaking to Munster fans, that's where their biggest frustration is. They don't see they don't see anything changing. Like, uh, just finishing off, they really had a good chance to beat Leinster in last year's Pro um, 12 final. They went fully loaded. We were in a slight bit of bubble of form. They were poor. They were very poor. They were, they, you know, Leinster won that game quite easily. And to me, that was the writing on the wall for as a as an outsider looking at Van Grand going, he's just not good enough to close the gap to, Mon- to Leinster. And, and in fairness, when we were closing the gap on Munster in back in 05, 06, 07, we knew we were closing the gap on Europe. And Munster, to be fair, can think the same. If they're closing the gap on, on us, they're going to be close in Europe. Um, but on that day, I didn't see the gap. I just thought it was getting wider under Van Gran. Yeah, can you go? Yeah, absolutely. I can't argue with the lads. Um, it's interesting where they see the turning point. For me, uh, you know, Tom's talking about the final last year. Um, but like in terms of paying him off, he's going to get paid for the rest of the season anyway. You know what I mean? Because of the way the contract is set up. So you're paying him anyway. Just say, Johan, thanks. Go on holidays. Go around Ireland and enjoy your time here. But we need to move on. We need to we need to lay the table for everybody else. Because as Connor said, that game was massive. That was a real showing of what we wanted a monster. That stand-up and fighting. Now, okay, the opposition were the opposition. It doesn't you play what's in front of you. They were shocking, but Munster were up against the wall and they performed and that was a, for me I thought if you bring a few of those guys in the following week for, for the rest of the season it sends a good message the academy has been left alone up until the last maybe 18 months or so that's probably down to budgetary reasons they can't do a lot of signings they want to get Fakatoa they've had bad luck with Snyman obviously and it's very unfair but if you look at the last seven years in totality you've got your CJ Stander uh, which is he comes in. He knows what the story is. He's part of the furniture. He is He is one of us. He is one of them. He, we're all together. And I think, to before I finish, as much crack as we have with our Munster brothers and sisters, no, I don't think any of the four of us take any pleasure in how bad this is going. Like, it's not, it's it's gone past having a bit of crack now to, it's, it's a bit unfair. But if you look at the signings of the last seven years, CJ, great. But you've got Grobler with short-term signing, stupidly signed off by the IRFU. You've got contracts that people are allowed to walk away from scot-free. It is just badly organized. You've got a debt in a stadium, which means as a coach coming in, as a Graham Henry, let's say he wants to come over for two years, okay? He's looking at this. He's looking at, right, There's the academy's in tatters. Schools rugby is good, obviously, a Munster. Club game is good if it's given a shot. But it's not given a shot. They can't organise anything. They can't deal with debt. If you're a top coach, you do not want that job. So you've got to start the reset right now. So again, we want a strong monster. I'm wearing a red hoodie, uh, but I think they've got to look. They've got to have more mirrors and less windows in the monster house. Definitely. I mean, yeah. There's no question that um, 
I think it's important that we have this chat as Leinster fans and we're not going to, I mean, none of us are going to sit here like laughing or whatever, you know, um, about what, what, what's going on in there because we need four strong provinces. That's all yeah. we've ever really wanted. Uh, we want to enjoy the rivalry. Of course, we want our, we want our team to win. We want our teams to do well, but um, obviously the game, the, the, the Irish game is better when all four provinces are as strong as they can. And it's been mm-hmm. clear, especially over the past, uh, past while that, um, that, the, you know, the things just aren't right down there. And, of course, Munster fans will say themselves, that win over Ulster the other night, it's not even papering over the cracks that are going on down there. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot happening, and there's a lot still to happen this season because, like you say, this, the coach is, is – is, his, his thoughts are going to be elsewhere. That's the kind of thing that happens in rugby a lot, though. You find out midseason, players, coaches, all sorts, they announce they're leaving and, and going, to, going elsewhere before the season's even over. It's just, it's, uh, it's just a shame. But, uh, Tom, you had one more thing to say yeah, i was just saying uh i think um kigo touched on it just about uh, uh you know van grand going to bat and obviously there's comments leaking out left right and center about how how that's been taken you know the, whether it's true or not this sort of third hand victor matfield quote from that was supposed to be live on south african super sport when he was covering a rugby game down there they actually touched on the situation in Munster, you know, so that's, you know, that just shows you how Irish rugby is, is viewed as well. They were talking about this and that when, when Grant's quote to, um, to Victor Matfield was that he was giving out that Leinster got all the good players. Now, I'm <laughs> sure he got, he got lost in translation. It was, I'm not sure what good players we got given. Um, but even if the, you know, let's leave aside the, 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 this, whether the story is fully true or not, the independent and the examiner have ran with it. Um, so there must be true. I'm sure Harpen on rugby can, has higher standards than those two. Mm. So we, we'll go with the quote as well. But it's a bit <laughs> of a crazy thing to say. Um, you know, and I'm sure that'll just fall on ears, certain ears on the, on the squad uh, within Munster. They won't be happy to hear about that. You know what I mean? It's sort of a defeatist attitude to, to, to sort of say Leinster are better. And I'm sure Peter, the least of Peter O'Mahony is probably the most honest man in the Munster setup. He knows the gap. But that doesn't mean he's, he wants to, 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 to lie down and take it. He won't, you know, the, somebody mentioned the fight earlier on. You know, they'll still fight to the end to try and close that gap. Um, so, you know, if that's Van Grand's mindset, you know, it sort of underlines what we've been saying in the last 10 or 15 minutes that really the time for him to move on is, is now and not, uh, not June. Well, listen... Okay, I think that's a good bit on Munster now. Um, why don't we move on up to the north, um, to Ulster? Uh, we thought they had a... I mean, if, they, if you ever have a good chance of winning a Thoman Park, that was, uh, that was them the other night. Um, and I really thought they were going to do it right up to the very end, but uh, they, just, they just couldn't finish it off. But we'll start off with you, Connor. Uh, what, did, what, what did you make of them last weekend? Um, you don't want to see any team bottle a situation like that. But that's what's happened. They they were just unable to capitalize on anything. I think that they had they had the better team. Uh, they had the better performance. But I think there were chances that they could have kicked for the posts. And they kept thinking, it's grand. Sure, we'd run over them. There's only 14 of them. So we'd get past them. And, you know, mistakes and errors creep in and... And I think it was just bad decision-making as much as anything else cost them that game. I think kicking for their points in a couple of those situations and opening the gap and forcing Munster heads down a little bit would have been the smarter thing. I think, though, in spite of that, 
you know, I don't think Ulster beating Leinster a few weeks back is a blip. I don't think that's an accident. They've clearly got a good enough setup that they're really looking into what they're, you know, they're doing their homework properly on their opposition. They're preparing well for games and they're performing well. And, you know, as the lads have already said, you know, you want four strong Irish provinces and there's some great quality coming through in, in Ulster at the moment. Um, I think Hume and Lowry, uh, Lowry particularly, he's he reminds me of Cheslin Colby in a lot of ways, that he's he's just got that ability to run at space instead of running at defenders. And you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in a green jersey at some stage this year. Um, I think John Cooney is unfortunate again because he's after going off with an injury. I don't know the extent of that injury, um, but you know he's he's shown again. And you know, one of the lads said it the other day when when he went off, that was a bigger loss to Ulster than Zebo going off for Munster. Um, and it was the difference in that game. I think if he'd stayed on, he'd have just had a bit more control over what was happening around him, and Ulster would have won that game. Definitely. And yeah, the thing about Lowry is that I think he wants to play 10, doesn't he? He um, that, 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 That's his preferred position. So if he keeps putting in performances like that, and it's not like, you know, they, they've, I mean, Billy Burns has been their guy recent years but i mean it's not it's not like that position is nailed down yet so you don't know um you don't you don't know how that's how that's going to turn out what what do you make of what's going on up there Tom? well i suppose ulster you know you look back over the last uh, month or two they've beaten leinster in dublin and beaten claremont the way and you would think just reading that you'd think everything's rosy in the garden um and it's easy to get caught into the trap of looking at your last performance and thinking you know every Everything's bad in Munster now, or it was against Connacht, and you can, you know, is it all rosy now in Munster because they've beaten Ulster with 14 men? No, and I think the same goes for Ulster. Uh, squeezed in between those two really good wins was a really poor performance in Ospreys, where they really should have wrapped up that game as well, and they lost by four or five, four points or something in the end. Um, and this was the same. Like if I was a Leinster fan and you played Munster down Tomer Park, you'd be absolutely killing yourself that you lost that game. Um, you know, the question could be asked, why <clears throat> why is Ulster fallen short of being a top eight team in Europe? Like Leinster and Munster have in the last 10 years, and even Munster with their difficulty, they've continuously get to knockout stages. I think that game against Munster showed why um, there's still a, an inconsistency there that they still need to iron out. They've lots of really good young players. As Connor said, Larry was fantastic in the night. I taught him and uh, Haley at fullback and, and Tyborn man of the match. They were the three best players in the pitch. Um, but they really lack leadership for me uh, on why they fell short. They were missing McCluskey. Um, obviously, when Cooney went off, I think it fell apart. And Henderson. And I think when they're missing those three guys, um, there's a real distinct lack of direction and leadership in the pitch. Billy Burns, to me, is more of a sort of facilitating 10 rather than an attacking or a distributing 10. You know, don't want to be cheeky and say he's a, he's a slightly downgraded Ross Bourne, but in my opinion, he is. Um and that game was made for Jack Carty if he was wearing a white jersey. Um, there was a lot of space between the Munster defensive line and when they were dropping Haley back and, uh, and Burns and uh, Young Doak, who I wouldn't really blame. He's only 20. You know, he's going to be a cracking player. Um, 
but he was out. He was inside. He had Burns, or he had Billy Burns beside him, and he had uh, Hume playing out of position. Um, they just kept kicking it down the throat of Munster, and they just invited. They, you know, they just invited Munster back in the game, and Munster needed an invite because Munster were struggling before the red card. Their scrum struggled all game. They were losing shape on their own attack, and 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 Ulster just kept sending that invitation over to them, saying, "Hey, listen, we don't want to win this game by much, so keep coming, keep coming." And uh, they let. Monsters let the foot off Monsters' throat, and Munster, a better team. You know, if you're going to give us five or six chances, make you pay. And and Ulster should be kicking themselves that they lost that game. Um, it was just yeah, even taking the likes of Hume off at half an hour to go, I found baffling. Things like that. I know they're trying to look at the European fixtures as well, but we don't. All the teams haven't played that much rugby in the last while. It's not like he was been killed over over Christmas and and and, and late November. Um, and the Positives, yeah. Look, Connor touching it. I think Larry's a great player. Is is he an option to move to ten? I don't know. Um, I think long, medium term, he probably is. Um, I think if you move him now, you probably create another issue at fullback. Um, Ian Madigan is, you know, unfortunately for Madzer, he's just been injured a lot, um, and he's not putting any pressure on Burns. Um, but for me, it was just a real leadership thing, um, and to extent McFarlane with some of his decision making. I don't know why they got sucked into trying to carry it up the guts of Munster. I thought they looked at Munster's scrum and thought, we're dominating here. But that didn't really translate in around the fringes. Um, and they just got sucked into an arm wrestle that Munster were bloody well happy to bring them into. And, you know, uh, also we'll just have to learn from that. You know, if they, if they kick on, you have to learn the lesson. But uh, there's two, for me, there's still too many of those types of games for us of all discussing them as a top A team in Europe, you know. And, um, you know, the, that's that's where they need to, to to get rid of those sort of uh, performances. Definitely, they, they they really hang their hat on that. Um, getting tries from oh, we'll get a line out in their twenty-two, and Herring will take the line out and, and score the try, and they did. Uh, that's how they that's how they took the lead. So I guess they figured if that worked, that's going to work all night. But like you said yourself, they didn't, when they had the extra man, they didn't have the leadership to go looking for that space. They just they just kept plowing ahead as they were, and then they then. Uh, um, also, I thought your man, what, uh, was it the second row, Ahern, the young lad for, for months? Thomas Ahern, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he stole a couple of lineouts there as well and, and then disrupted that game. And they know where really to go from there. And uh, it was, it, it, it just seemed the simpler option would be to try to try to find that extra bit of space, but uh, it just wasn't there. What do you make of it, Kiko? My notes for Ulster, it just has the word headache written beside it. Um <laughs> Because I, I love watching them. I love when things go right. I think it is, they, they built a good academy. They they were on a good run. They beat Leinster. They rolled into Europe. They beat Claremont. They beat Northampton. Momentum was there. And then they roll up last weekend. And look, it was 12 Guinness. They were impotent. It was it was really, really awkward uh, to be in the room watching it. It was annoying. Um, they're better than that. And there's only so many, like, you know, Tom was saying, you know they've got to learn they've got to learn and he's absolutely correct but you there's only so much learning you can do you've got to you've got to actually do the job i know it was unlucky with cooney and things like that and i know i think doke is amazing i think if they decide where he's going nine or ten um i think that's that's the plan going forward he can do everything he is amazing the future is there for him um the players are there the setup is there uh, I just, it was so frustrating to watch that because I think we all knew what was going going to be 
going up against them. They knew that as well. And then as soon as Ebo goes off, they kind of, I, it, it, they did kind of look like they were going, it's a matter of time. They, they won't be able to do it. Um, and they just got, it was lazy. Like, it was just lazy. I can't remember who was on on the radio during the week. Um, oh, I can't remember the, the Leinster ladies coach. But the rule they have is if you're picking and going or if you're doing one thing, it's basically, it's not three strikes in your head. It's two strikes in your head. Two goals and you change your options. And they just kept on going, thinking a hole was going to pop up. It never did, in fairness to Munster, even though we spent 50 minutes saying they couldn't fight, they did uh, stubbornly stand up. But uh, Ulster were not able to navigate a very simple, um, very unorganized team. And so, if you're again, if you face that in the semi-final, they're going to get hammered. So they've got to look at themselves again. And there's only so many times you can learn. You've got to start winning. And that's they've got to start winning soon. Definitely. They've had 10 years, 10 years since uh, they played Leinster in the Heineken Cup final. And at the time, lots of people said, well, geez, look at Ulster. They've made a final now. Let's let's see them make that next step. And I think you are, you're right that, you know, they've been close to making that next step, but never actually taken it. 10 years. I OK, Jeff, edit out what I just said and we'll just edit this in. Ulster, get yourselves together. You've been learning for long enough. Get the finger out and start playing ball. Okay, edit that bit in. I will. No. <laughs> so that just leaves us with Connacht, lads. Um, they're, they're, they're there thereabouts as well. They had a good win over Munster. Um, Tom, you're up to talk about them. What are you making the boys from the West? Connacht, uh, in the whole have been fast, fantastic to watch this season. Um, I think ever since that Dragons game that they lost at home, um, they've had a really, really good run of games. Uh, and I thought they'd been impressive. And a lot of them, like they hammered Ulster. Um, they nearly stuck 50 points on the Ospreys. Um, the big win against Stad. And I thought they were hugely impressive in that narrow loss to um, Leicester. A team that had been, up until last week, had been unbeaten in, at that time. And only really lost because of Leicester's strength and depth in the front row and uh, it turned into a little bit of an arm wrestle. Um, the only blot in their copybook was the bit of a bait and they got off us. We probably owed them that. Um, but I, I think um, Fre Andy Friend has put a really good squad together, especially the back line, and they're not afraid to play to their strengths. They know they're, um, they've got a strong set of backs and uh, they've really recruited well. You know, I mean, we, 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 I hate the, the word, hate the word to use, use the word journeyman, but like some other province could be accused of signing journeyman. But I think Connacht have been really clever on players they've signed. Like, obviously, Mac Hansen is getting all the headlines this year just for his Colby esque second time we mentioned Cheslin tonight, tight play. Um, but other players like Shane Bolton from South Africa, really good under 20. I wouldn't have known much about him, but just from speaking to some South African guys, they were really disappointed to see him go. Um, so and he's integrated straight into Connacht straight away. So especially in the backs with Car with Carty and uh, Aki, um, but John Porch has a really good season as well. So what I like about Connacht is they know they're strong in certain areas and they're not afraid, even in the most mankiest conditions, which Kigo kind of tested down in the west of Ireland. They they're not afraid to go wide wide when they when they want to play. They they they, they didn't get sucked. They don't get sucked into that. 
arm wrestle. They know that's not their strength. Um, that's not saying their pack isn't decent. It's not, but it's it's probably the weakest out of the four um, provinces. I think that'd be fair to say. I don't think any Connacht fans would be annoyed with me for saying that. But um, the way Friend has them playing in the backs and um, the, with Blade and Marmion sort of uh, really facilitating that, you know, the... the, the they don't impose their game on it. It's not all about nine focused, but it was a bit like what Murray at Munster or even Cooney. If if Connacht switch in whoever, it's a bit like Leinster actually at nine, whoever switch in, whoever doesn't change their style of play at the backs. So I, I've been really impressed with Connacht. I'm really looking forward to, apart from our own game, hopefully it takes place, the Connacht-Leicester return game, I'm really looking forward to. It's probably the most game I'm looking forward to most of the weekend. Um, you know, as we said, Leicester lost their first game last weekend against Wasps. Um, and it'll be an interesting game in Galway. I think there's restrictions over there in crowds. There'll be no Leicester fans over. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what type of team Leicester put out. But uh, I think Connacht have a really, really good chance of winning their last two games. I don't think Stad are great. They're one of the weaker French teams. It's, and Connacht have shown in the past they've gone to France and won. So I I, I, I think Connacht, if, if the, the, their injury list is quite short. I was looking at our friends over on um, Master of None, the Connacht boys, and on, on their upgrade up, update on the injuries, and it's only unfortunately Hansen is still injured, um, but they're only missing one or two others after that. Tom Daly, obviously, probably the most notable one. So they're in good fettle, considering it's this time of the season. I think they're in good fettle to take on Leicester and um, beat, beat them, and 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 follow that up with a win instead. And I think Connacht fans should expect that. I think, I the time is. Over the last five years, you know, we sort of won't say to get a free pass for these big performances, but I, I, as Connick fans, I think they should quietly expect good performances in Europe now. Uh, they've done enough of them over the years, and the win rate against the other Irish provinces in the last 18 to two years is quite good. So, they're you know, if, uh, I, I just like what Friend is doing. Um, and yeah, it's it's uh. Very impressed out of the, the out of the three provinces. I know Ulster have had some really high, really high highs, but it's been some low lows. Um, but I think Connacht have been consistently good this year. Definitely, and I mean the th- the thing about it is is that they're in a they're in a situation this season. The way they're playing is that although they might few, let a few points in the other ends, you always get this feeling they've got just two quick tries in them. Just all of a sudden, whatever situation their match is in with Carty and when Hansen's playing, those kinds of players, um, Tom Daly, they, 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 they could just put 14 points on the board, no problem, be in any match, no matter how far behind they are. And that's, if, you're, if that's the way your team is set up, you're doing well and you're going you're gonna to compete at any level. What do you make of it, Alkigo? My notes say Connacht. I love Connacht. Uh, I love what <laughs> they're doing. They, they are learning, uh, much like, you know, Ulster are not learning. Uh, Connor reminded me it's a Decades since that Leinster match, which I completely forgot. Um, Connacht are learning. Connacht are winning. You look at what they did in Europe, what they did to Stad. Stad didn't fancy it. Now, if Stad were coming to the Aviva Stadium, they'd have brought a better team. But they were scared to go to the sports ground because they know what the story is down there. And, and Connacht put a few mental bullets in them. And even the following weekend, it was the budget that Leicester brought, like Tom said. They were beaten by a budget. They weren't beaten by anything else. And if you look at, I'm good at that Alton Delan is going to leave. I understand, but I'm good at uh, for Connick, especially as this corner is being turned. But if you look at what they're doing, um, I, you know, if you look at that uh, Ulster Munster game that we've just spoken about, Connick win that game by 20 points. And I think what we look at, if we look at all of these games in totality, 
Connick would have gone in there and navigated that game to the point where Munster would have retreated uh, and it would have been a landslide. And that's that's to, that's a credit to to what's being built over there. It, it's going to be great. They've got more big games. Stad and Leicester coming back. They fancy it. I'm really positive. Aki is probably the most um, consistent player in green and green right now. I think he is. He does a job he's asked for. He can do more in the big green jersey, obviously. He can do a lot more, which we saw uh, in November, but he can do a lot more there. But he is a leader in that kind of team. You've got him leading people along. Carty, now he had a bad game against us in uh, the RDS. He, he just, it wasn't his day. Nearly every other game he's played in two years, he's been absolutely amazing. He's got to be in with a shout to get a, at least a tracksuit. But you look at what Blade's doing, Marmion's doing, Beelham's doing, Tom Daly, as you said. You look at the backs. You look at you look at um, you look at Hanson. Um, anytime he touches the ball, now I think part of the problem is maybe the rest of the team aren't quite sure what he's going to do. Maybe if we figure that out, then that opens up an entire new level, a new dimension. Because when I watched uh, him against uh, Leinster in the RDS, it was, he was magic. But you could see everyone looking, going, "Okay, he's going right. Is he going left? Is he offloading between the legs, behind the ears? What's he doing?" So if he can figure that out, then it brings the entire team in. I love Connacht. I love what they're doing. I love their fans. And I hope that we play them in the final of the, the, whatever it is, the super, your ultimate rugby, whatever it is, <laughs> 16, 15, 24. I can't wait to play them in the final. We're going to pack out the Aviva and we're going to have a great time. They are amazing. I love what Connacht is doing. Brilliant. Anything to add, Connor? I don't know you can add a whole lot to, to what Kegel's no. just said. <laughs> Um, I, I, I do agree. I think of if, if you look at the three coaching tickets, uh, I think what Friend is building is the best brand of rugby of the three. He He's really got something special going on there. I agree with Kigo. The loss of Delan is that, that's going to be a big blow for them. It's just making sure they've got the right people coming up behind them to try and fill the gap. And Prendergast, he, 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 he I think he got player of the match uh, a couple of games ago for them. Um, but him coming through as a second row, he's he's looking like the heir apparent for that role, you know, to step in and say, okay, he, here's, here's someone who can fill this gap that's going to suddenly be there. And that's great. That's what you want to see in any squad. You want to see that there's a progression. You want to see that if, for example, if Aki's not there, Who's going to take his place and who's going to do his job and who's going to do it right? And that's what Friend is building. He's building a squad where everybody understands their role and everybody performs, you know, for the most part, you know, as Kig says, occasionally you get people off their game on a, on a given day, but everybody knows what their role is and everybody's working hard to do what they're supposed to do and filling in gaps for each other. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to see Connacht pushing on towards later ends of the season and at the very least getting a playoff spot in one or other competition would be lovely. Definitely. Yeah, because I mean, the way this um, this Irish Shield is, is shaping up, I mean, everyone's beating everyone else and you're going to have, you're going to have the fourth place team in the Irish Shield still making the playoffs. So yeah, so I mean, that's, that, that, there's, there's a lot to look forward to in the new year. I mean, it's like, 
you know, uh, we, we've spoken now about the other three provinces. We do want them all doing well, obviously, to an extent. We're, we're, we're all men's <laughs> first and foremost. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we'll get back to playing our own rugby soon. But it is looking good. Uh, the other provinces, Connett, like you're just one thing on, on Bundiaki saying when he's not there. The thing about him is that when he's not there, he's still there. He shouts so loud from the, from the touchline. It's like he's on the pitch with them as well. He's apparently he's, ama- he's the most amazing vocal player to, to, to have. And it doesn't matter if he's right on the touchline or back in the back row of the stands. They can still hear him. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's an amazing setup they've got down there. And you really like the rugby they're playing. Well, listen, lads, um, that's great. Uh, it's been good to talk about the other, the other provinces. Um, obviously, we want to get talking about Leinster. I'm afraid to jinx this match at the weekend. It's still going, <laughs> it's still going ahead. I got my accreditation through this morning. I won't be able to go myself, but I'm just not, I'm not saying anything about it. Hopefully, fingers crossed, there'll be some rugby going on this weekend, and maybe maybe next week we'll come back and we'll we'll do a full full pod talking about Leinster and and how we're set up going into the uh, going into the rest of the season. Uh, so I want to thank the lads for coming on. First of all, I want to talk to Kigo. Uh, Kigo, you've got some. You're you're rubbing shoulders with some. Uh, com- comedy hoi polloi coming up pretty soon so but t- t- tell us what you got coming on absolutely thank you very much and, and look i hope i hope we get a game going in the blue jersey because Janie mac it's almost a reset for the entire season there mm-hmm. uh we need we need game time but yeah no uh, we we've got a massive gig coming up on february the 10th thank you for letting me tell everyone about it um so we've got deirdre o'kane coming in to headline our show uh so yeah uh blackmail and money works to get uh, headliners in into these gigs uh, and for everyone listening i have a, a a code um if we can fire the link out at some point but the code is kigo i was the code was going to be kigo is the real winner of every one of jeff's quizzes but that would have taken <laughs> too long to type and it, obviously no one believes that never mind uh, so, issues <laughs> yeah so so if you if you get through uh if you go to check out type in kigo there's a lovely discount there i've got a point laid on for everyone who's coming in, uh, it's in the Lighthouse in Dunleary, a savage venue right beside Penny's. So you can go in there, buy new underwear. <laughs> um, we've got Deirdre's going to headline. We've got Kevin Gildee hosting for us, another Irish royalty. He's got a bookshop across the road from the venue. So you can buy an, buy a book in there, come in, have a burger in the Lighthouse, come upstairs and, and see Deirdre. I'll be there as well uh, trying to tell jokes. So you can come along and laugh at me, and then you can laugh with Deirdre. But use Kigo at uh, checkout, and there'll be a lovely little Harper and Rugby discount for you. Brilliant stuff, and all those, all that link will be in the the program notes. So be sure to check that out and uh, and and get down there. So listen, as we're going to leave it there. Thanks again for coming on, and uh, we'll hope to have you on soon. And fingers crossed, we'll get a full slate of rugby this weekend. Thanks, lads. Thank you, Jeff. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, lads. Many thanks again to Kigo, Connor and Tom for the chat. Like I say, the fingers are crossed that the match will go ahead this weekend. And if so, we'll be sure to give it the full harp and treatment with a preview, comments throughout and a write-up on Monday. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and at the full-time whistle, head on over to the Facebook page to leave your thoughts. The links, as always, are in the program notes. In the meantime, stay safe, everyone. Slong.